um, because at the end of the day, a community has to be uh, has to have trust, and that trust can only be established in person, not through tech. I'm Patrick Chandler. I'm TJ Kiblin. I'm Nick Reyes, and you're listening to the Sweat Daily Podcast. So we're hot. We are rolling on this week's episode of Sweat Daily. We are going to shift a little bit on our topics and we're going to dig into the economics of training. We're going to kind of talk about some different um, implementations that you can do for fitness, staying healthy. That's what we're, we're really geared for. And we're going to kind of break down not only pros and cons of what you know the, those different implementations can bring, but also why they may cost the, the the price or the amount that they do, so you had me at economics. <laughs> I knew I would have you, you lost there. Me at economics. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, TJ, you like you like economics yeah, just was, fine. That so. was my major before I dropped out. Hey, there you go. So you like got like a, a little bit of credit for that. So um, I trust trust me. It's not going to be like super overwhelming, super complicated. I think epi- economics is just a fancy way of saying we're going to talk about price and yeah. and why things cost the way they do. So, uh, but first we kind of got to tee it up a little bit as far as these different types of training and we kind of listed out just um you know like like the tiers i guess that you you could do so tj i'm gonna put you on the spot because i like to do this once a podcast but if you had to go lowest tier what would you say like if i'm just trying to do fitness maybe out of my house what would be that that lowest tier yeah i think you're you know at your lowest tier you're looking at the people that are you know searching basic programming online they're going to give you a templated program that probably uh, you know, does the programming for th- thousands of people and it's not really geared towards anyone, but like a mass community. Right. Yeah. So you might have like a little bit of equipment. You might have a couple of dumbbells at home and you're like, I looked this up. I just Googled program I can do with a one dumbbell yeah. and it, it was said it was 20 bucks a month or, or something, something like that. Like a, a men's health magazine, like right. abs in six weeks, one dumbbell, which doesn't work. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so and there's probably some ranges to this right at home. I think what TJ's saying is, especially in the CrossFit space, there's a lot of um, subscription-based um, programming options, right? There's uh, CompTrain, Comp Invictus, Grit. Um, there's a lot of different programs that you can subscribe to with varying costs and and different tracks, right? You've got your bodybuilding track um, with uh, Thunder Bros out of Denver. You've got your, you know, maybe more conditioning bias track you've even got if you're an olympic weightlifter and you've got um you know a bumper set at home and a platform in your garage you can subscribe to catalyst weightlifting you know and it may be 75 dollars a month for a three day a week program and um 125 dollars a month for a you know six day a week program with video feedback so there's probably ranges to all of this from like you said like grabbing something out of men's health all the way to like your six day a week with video feedback type of program that you're going to do at home. Right. Sorry, muted my mic there. <laughs> right. So uh, I would say, let's talk, let's just get right into the, the pros and cons. You kind of talked a little bit about it as far as like the ranging levels. What would be a pro of, you know, going just, I'm going to look online and see what I can do. It's affordable, right? I mean, anytime you're looking at cost and you want to do cost savings, if you do have some equipment at your house and, you know, you're not really worried about how you move and what you're doing. You just want to follow a basic program. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's the cost. It's affordable. I would also say convenience. 
right? So it's uh, it's highly convenient given that you can go out to your garage anytime you want and lift weights. So you don't have to worry about whether or not the gym's open, whether or not COVID's shutting down your gym, whether or not, <laughs> um, you know, there you, you have to share the bench press with somebody, you know, on a Monday or what have you. So it, it, I would say convenience is a, is, a, is a big pro as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think TJ kind of hit on it a little bit too, but just um, the access that you have to so many different things. Um, for, for any of you out there that have used platforms like uh, um, SugarWad or um, something more like, like a, a, a Train Heroic, there's multiple different ones and you can just download that app and then it's got all those programs on there and you just click and it pays right there. So it's super convenient just to be like, oh, that's easy. What are some of the cons though? What, what would be like your guys is like, yeah, I don't like it because of this. Well, I think one of the cons is obviously no one has eyes on you, right? They're not, you know, watching your movement patterns and see if you're moving well. But I think, you know, as we got through kind of COVID, I think you started to see the real importance of relationships and community um, from that, like that experience of, you know, having someone to work out with and, and be around people. I think that's something that you miss if you're just kind of thrown down in your garage by yourself alone. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, I didn't drop this before, but at Push Press, um, we just uh, saw that there was a University of Study, a uh, University of Oregon study done on this this very topic, right? Um, and so uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to talk with the university a couple weeks ago about the results of this study. And you're exactly right, TJ. Community was the absolute biggest driver for people um, not training in their garage. And it, it goes back to motivation. It goes back to showing up whenever um, you're tired, whenever you're exhausted because of that accountability from the community. And we all know that fitness is a journey that uh, you you will probably enjoy more and see more uh, results out of from consistency over time. And if you don't have that, to your point, like you're going to be missing more days than maybe what you would want. And I think by nature, we, we, we enjoy being a part of a tribe, right? Yep. You know, it's just by nature. Yeah, so. absolutely. I, I guess, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to talk about the coaching part real quick. If you if you're good with that, Pat. Well, Thanks. actually, I was just going to before you go, go. I was just going to do a quick counter because some of these platforms, like I mentioned, the Train Heroic and and Sugar Wad, it gives you somewhat of a sense of community, but it's not that in person sense. So you have people all over the world, the nation, that are doing the same things. Um, so so that's kind of their like counter to you. It's like, well, you are part of this bigger community. You just don't see them in person. So community is kind of in air quotes because it's not like you're in person being able to train and, you know, work with somebody, but it is also, um, you know, like they would argue that, that you have that community. Yeah. Nah, I'll let you go. I was going to dive into a little bit of that, like kind of going off the idea of like having a bunch of followers and you feel like you get all these likes and stuff, but you might be the loneliest person in the world. So it's right. like not really community to me. I mean, drive jumping into, um, uh, leaders eat last as a, as a book that I'm currently rereading from Simon Sinek. He goes a lot into what a community actually is and its impact on, um, on the individual. Anytime a community gets to be greater than about 150 people, it becomes not a community anymore. Right? So you can tell me that there's 5,000 people online doing a comp train. And I'm going to tell you that that's not a community that I'm actually, um, immersed into and holding me accountable to the same level as a community at your local gym. Yeah, there's, there's really no tie. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, because at the end of the day, a community has to be, uh, has to have trust and that trust can only be established in person, not through tech. So, uh, all that being said, I think the other, and probably the most important thing is the coaching. 
Um, we all know that, um, I think if you have looked, I don't remember the name of the study, but it uncovered that running was the most dangerous sport in the world as it has the highest injury per participant rate, right? So it's also the least coached sport and the easiest thing you can just go out on your own and do. So if running which is something that we all know how to do typically after we figure out how to walk, right? Not Zan- well. <laughs> Xander can run. He looks like a little goofball doing it, but he can run, right? And Xander's Nick's kid, by the way. Yeah, and he's all of uh, two. So, um, but we all know how to run basically in the term of we can move faster than what we do when we walk. But that's really about the extent of it. So if we don't have someone watching us and we're moving and just doing someone's program that was meant for whomever, a thousand other people with no assessment coming into it, with no, um, no one's eyes to guide us, injury rate is going to absolutely increase. There's, yeah. I don't think that's, I would challenge anyone who's listening to come in and, and debate that on me. We're gonna have to dig up some statistics Let's now. Let's go. Yeah. So <laughs> if you've ever coached running, there's so much to break down on stride and all that stuff. It's crazy. Well, it's the same thing with any movement is, is my general point, right? <laughs> right. If you're, you could be in the, um, in, in your in your house doing just straight up bodybuilding movements and that's probably the less likely to injure you're still gonna run the risk of hurting yourself it's just right. it is what it is right so but, I, I, want, I want to kind of forward this along a little yep. bit because we got a few other other topics but before we jump off of just that online templated program for everybody what um who would be like a good person to do this because I think that's something that my people might be interested in is there is do you have a person out there that's like maybe they're a little bit more skilled maybe they've done training maybe they're a really self-motivated person is there is there those kind of qualities that maybe you'd be like you know what that actually might be a good idea for you to do yeah I think it'd be the probably the 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 busy individual I know we all think that we're busy um but find you know if you're if you're really, really busy, your schedule doesn't match up with the gym that you match up with the most or that you enjoy the most, um, then this may be for you. And preferably you would have some sort of a baseline uh, level having been coached for several years so that you're not completely brand new to the training regimen that you're looking to get into. I disagree. Did you say nobody? Well, yeah, (laughs) I I was going to say, yeah. I mean, you can get into you can dive into like the the couch to fitness type people that like just need to move a little bit and then get a little bit more motivated to get to an actual facility. But for me, it's like everyone needs coaches need coaches. No, I get I get that too. Um, and so maybe that's another part of it. It would be your goals and what your ambition is. Well, and the reason right. why I disagree with you, Nick, is because I think the higher level of the athlete, the more they actually need to be watched because they're probably throwing around more weight and doing more probably uh, higher risk movements. Hence the aspiration and goals, right? Yeah. If I'm not trying to PR ever again and I'm just trying to move, I could probably do that pretty safely, yeah. dial it down pretty significantly. But I do agree. I think everyone should have a coach. Right. So the next step is, um, and and these are probably not a perfect tiered system, but the next one that we had jotted down was your just general 24-hour access gym. So now you're going from just paying for a subscription to um, some sort of fee to go to a tangible place um, that's got all the equipment may, well, depending on what you like to do, all the equipment that you could possibly need um, or want. And there's different varying levels. You know, you have um, your Planet Fitnesses, 24-hour access gyms, lifetimes um, probably are all in this realm. So what are some of the pros? What are some of the cons? Um, and then we'll kind of talk about why maybe we think this is priced the way that it is. 
No, we're just coming from looking at like the lifetime fitness of the world. I th- the pros are obviously the amenities, right? It's hard yep. to beat. It's hard to beat spas and cucumber smelling towels and all that stuff. And so, yeah, you're paying a, you know a, a decent price ticket, but at the end of the day, you're throwing your headphones in and probably not talking to anyone. So to me, it's like my point of view is the amenities. Yeah, probably the amenities. Um, but just to contrast it against what we just talked about, which is kind of training at your home, it's it's training at your home with one notch up because you still have the access. A lot of these places are twenty four hour access now, um, and you still and you have all you have a ton more equipment than what you could possibly fit in your home, right? There's people around, and there and there's at least people around you, whether or not you're having conversations or whatever. That's you know, um, but so you get at least that advantage of additional equipment. Now you're still going to have, you're going to have the cost of the gym, but you're also going to have the cost of your program because unless you hire a personal trainer, we'll get into that piece later. But or you're just going on your own and kind of figuring out as you go along. Exactly. Exactly. So it's access, it's amenities, um, and greater, um, uh, equipment or greater, a uh, greater quantity and variation of equipment yeah. would be what that's what you're paying for. Right. So, um, do you guys have a recommendation like who this would be like a, a, you know, a good fit for? I do think that they're great in some capacities for people who are starting out and they don't um, maybe for um, whatever reason do not want to be um, into a, uh, an environment where they feel as if all eyes are on them. Sometimes when you're in a crowd, it can be it, it can be easier to feel as if you're blending in. Like if everyone has on their headphones and no one's talking, then they're not going to know that I'm nervous, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to put in mine and I'm just going to walk on this treadmill. And I'm going to do me, so I can see the allure of that. Um, and not that I am that way or that I think that that's what's best for that individual, but I can see that being an allure for sure, right? And I also in in my mind, I think of the person too that. Um, has very specific goals as well. It could be for the person that, um, you know, if you listen a couple episodes back, we talked to, to Freddie Ford, who's training for a triathlon. And in the middle of winter, there's not a, got a lot of places to swim, um, you right. know, and, you know, there's not a huge number of indoor pools. So he's got to, you know, have a place to, to do his training. And, and for somebody that's like, you know what, I need to swim laps and I need to stay on top of this. That's a, that's and, a, that's and, a great place. And Freddie also has a coach, right, who right. is... Um, who's local here and training him in that. So, so I can absolutely see some of the benefits of like, well, I have a coach, maybe my coach is um, someplace else and I pay them to give me my individual programming and, but I need a place to do it with the equipment and the setup that I need it for. I think it's also great for those individuals as well. What's up, Sweat Daily Faithful? Patrick here asking you to support the people that support our show. Are you sweating about how to best finance your new home? Give Peter Rudd, the helpful home loan guy, a call. Whether you are looking to purchase or refinance a home, Peter will put together a personalized loan solution for you that fits your needs and coach you through the loan process step by step. Trust me, guys, my wife and I are working with Peter right now, and the home buying process could not be easier. He's that good. Call Peter today at 816-508-2233. That's 816-508-2233. Three three, or visit him online at nasb.com backslash p dash rud nmls 1791838 nasby is an equal housing lender member fdic 
I think we can move on in this next one, um, which actually we'll get back to personal training because Nick kind of mentioned it a little bit as far as being kind of tied in with that, um, you know, gym access type of uh, environment. But we'll get back to that in a second. We're going to talk about fitness, like group fitness classes. But we're going to break it into two sections. We're going to do one that's a large group class first, and then we'll get into a smaller and more individualized group class. So let's talk about large group fitness Let's talk about some pros and cons and, uh, and, and where you might expect that price point to land um, on that scale. Yeah. Um, so imagine if you have a group of 100 people training, right? Imagine that it is, um, uh, you can imagine any training discipline that you enjoy, right? From running to yoga to CrossFit, to, it doesn't really matter. Um, 100 people are really hard for one individual to instruct and to coach, right? Herding cats. Right. But it's also, if you can imagine that each person is paying essentially, let's just say $2.50 to be in that class, that instructor would have just probably made about $250 on that class, right, with 100 individuals. Um, Break that down or contrast that to something that's small group and $2.50 for four people, isn't very much money for that instructor, right? So you can just kind of start to see how the economics shake out between large versus small and probably how the, um, I would say, the ability to hone in on on coaching and very precise movement patterns between a group of 100 and a group of four will vary. And I know there's tons of shades of gray, but there's also tons of shades of gray with the size and what someone might classify a small group versus large group, right? Right. Right. So w- kind of what you're saying, uh, make sure that I'm getting this right, is like the more people that you get, um, atmosphere might change. And we can talk about the atmosphere as far as large versus small goes. But, um, the, you know, the quality of, you know, movement coaching, um, you know, the, the amount of time that you actually get somebody, um, you know, watching, correcting, making sure things are being implemented correctly really will plummet. So um, you'll be there for more of an experience and less of like, uh, you know, you know, guidance. Is that fair to say? It's it's, kind of like an an operational capacity standpoint thing. It's you, the more people you have, the decrease in coaching or training. And then as you start to get more intimate or lower number of people, that's when the coaching increases because now I can spend more, someone can spend more time with that individual as opposed to just a generic class or running someone through a generic thing. Right. And, and there's a ton of factors that go into this, right? It's what are you coaching, um, would make a difference. Um, you know, uh, so it's not just number of people. It's just what are your coaching? It's also quality of coach, right? A brand new coach may be a, may not be able to deliver the same quality of coaching to four people that an experienced coach could deliver to ten, I right? Think, so there's yeah. there's some quality of coaching, some experience of coaching, number of people. It's 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 not as easy as just like oh, more people means that you're just simply not getting coached, right? right. Um, and I, and I know that firsthand with what we coach, uh, coaching weightlifting here at Kansas Athletic Club. It's there's some some days that w- with what we have programmed, when like I can I can take ten people through it and be like, yeah, that was that was great. Like I I know I taught well. And then there's some days it's like, man, six people was actually like I could have gone a lot deeper. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and so. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of gray area to it in general. Right. I like I like kind of how you, you mentioned the the difference in, in the movements because I my initial thought went to weightlifting as well, where it's like, man, it is really hard to see even 
10 people um, and, and be able to feel like you um, implemented some sort of change in, you know, an hour session, which is kind of standard. Whereas, you know, it, it's a little bit different than, you know, and trust me, there's plenty of technicality in rowing, but it's just a little bit different because generally rowing takes a longer amount of time. So you can give a cue and then come back and five minutes later be like, all right, great. You're still doing it. And you don't have to be right. looking at that right exact moment that time. So it's just kind of like a timing based on movement. So we talked a little bit about large, kind of got into small group fitness. What would be the, you know, the, the difference in price? What would you maybe expect like economically? And, and again, this all varies based on where you are in the world. And, um, you know, like you said, the experience of the coach, but, um, what would you like, if you were out shopping for a place for either large or small group, what would you kind of expect the difference to be? Probably range anywhere between 100 to $200 a month here in Kansas city would be my, would be the ballpark range experience is going to be part of it. Um, you know, um, uh, facility and access to equipment, right? Like if you tell me that all you're going to give me is a, is a treadmill and a rower, um, and a set of dumbbells, I would imagine that your price should be lower. Um, not to knock on any one gym type around here, but I just know that that overhead isn't typically as high if you have um, those pieces of equipment. Now you start throwing in like bumpers and like, again, more and more and more equipment adds to the overhead of a gym. And then you can yeah. see that reflected in the price tag, right? Um, well, and how they operate too. Like if, if yep. they do only offer like a treadmill or a rower and a set of dumbbells, they're trying to pump you out. They're trying to get as many people through the doors as they can, right? Yeah, it's still a numbers game at that point for sure. So, I mean, you can you could expect again anywhere in between that range, and and you'll see some gyms that are going to be over that. Obviously, if it's like, oh, hey, you're going to do one on one nutrition plus three fitness classes a week, that may take you to the two hundred to four hundred dollar a month range, right? Like, so it's like, what is the add on services? Um, you know, are there PT services thrown in there? Physical therapy services. I know we're going to talk about one-on-one, so maybe this is a good time to bridge there. Well, hell yeah, go PT. <laughs> Actually, I did have one other question because instead of worrying just too much about like exact prices, because that can vary so much, I wanted to ask you guys what, uh, you know, let's just say I'm a new um, person trying to find a group class and a group class that fits me and what I want. What kind of questions should I ask as opposed to just going in and saying, you know, how much is your program? I think before even asking questions, I think if you can get out and try as many different gyms and different types to find what, you know, suits you and your goals, I think it's going to give you the, the best, you know, bet on finding where you're going to find your tribe, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just more of an experience thing rather than uh, specific questions, because I think if you find something that you see the value in it and it's like super important to you for your goals, then that price point is kind of irrelevant. You'll find a way to, you know, cover those costs. Right. So do you think it would be good to like, like when you're like, you know, say I come in and talk to you at Kansas Athletic Club, I'm like, hey, you know, what's like your average class size look like? You know, I think I noticed that's probably been more of a popular question since, you know, COVID has happened. People are, are more interested in that. But that way you kind of know you're like, okay, they just told me their average class is 60 people. It's like, if I'm looking for a lot of coaching, that might not be the place for me to go, even if it seems cool and they have a lot of cool equipment. It just might not be my jam. Yeah. And so, and then also I would say, ask um, about how to get started. Right. So in that environment, you may have to go through um, 10 personal training sessions to get started. And that shouldn't detour you. I, in fact, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of getting started through a one-on-one -on -one capacity and really um, 
putting that trust and faith into a coach to help correct my baseline movement patterns before going into something group, just knowing that I'm going to go from um, an individual approach to an approach that maybe I have a little less of the coach's attention. So I have a solid baseline of movement before I get started. And that's communicated down to the staff. Correct. So when you get to a class and you're not familiar with that coach, they'll understand. Right, right, right. And I think that, uh, you know, the we'll move on to the personal training here in a second, but um, what you guys were talking about with like, uh, like the, the one-on-one visits early on, having somebody that can screen you too, make sure that you don't have any pre-existing conditions is a huge, um, you know, you know, factor too. A lot of times people will see like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that, but that can be huge in that you're like, you know what, crap, I, I had a elevated heart rate before this. Right. Um, you know, a lot of places don't require you to, but if they do see that as like a, a plus actually, like they're actually looking out for your health, not just trying to, um, add a hoop to jump through. And it's a confidence thing too, right, Pat? When you jump into a class, it can be kind of intimidating. You see a lot of different fit people, you know, and if it's a bigger class, there's probably a, a several amount of, you know, fit people. And so I think just having the confidence to know that you're going to move well and you understand some of the lingo, um, I think, you know, just from a confidence standpoint, it, it feels better to jump in after that. Right. So let's move on to the last one. Personal training. What are the pros? What are the cons? It's pretty straightforward. There can be a lot of different types of personal training. Um, people that come into your own home, you go see somebody at that 24-hour access gym. You might be doing a group class, but also personal training on the side. So it can kind of mix in with almost all of these. What would you say the biggest pro of, of doing that personal training would be? I think the biggest pro is it is individually designed for you, no one else. So they're going to look at your faults and look at things that you struggle with and do all that and design a program specifically for your goals. If it's done well. If it's done well, yeah. I mean, there's there's gray area in anything we talk about, but um, I think just them understanding you and what your goals are, what makes you tick, and just that intimate one-on-one setting, um, I think is an absolute pro. Right. Damn, I got to get turn my mic off. I keep turning my mic on. <laughs> what, uh, what are some of the cons that you might see? And this might circle back to the very beginning. Yeah. So I, I think one of the cons would be, it's going to be probably your highest ticket item. You're going to, you're going to probably pay the most per session. If you want to look at it in sessions based on the hour that you're with or 90 minutes or 30 minutes, depending on what you're signing up for. So the cost is probably a con for a lot of people, but at the end of the day, if you find, you know, it, it works well for you, you like the one-on-one over the group, um, you'll find a way to pay for it. Right. And then also to, you know, going back to, um, you know, the, what we were talking about with like the online templated program type stuff is um, it's just you and that coach. So it can kind of, uh, I don't, not intimidating is not the right word, but like you don't have that group aspect that, yeah. that you know, Nick had talked about being such a, um, an important aspect that had been actually researched. So. Yeah. You're, you're definitely not in a tribe. You're under like a microscope. So right. Some people like that. Some people like that one-on-one attention. Some people like to blend in a little bit, but still get that community feel and, and, and make friends and do that. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, we talked about the gray area. It's kind of what your goals are, what you're looking for to accomplish. Awesome. Awesome. I think we, uh, we dove into a lot of different things, you know, starting the highest level personal training can work into, you know, whether you're doing small group or large group, personal fitness, 24 hour access, or even just an online templated program. So at the end of the day, as long as you're doing something active, you're still winning. Right. I think uh, that is embodied by our podcast name, Sweat Daily. If you can find some way to sweat daily, you are doing something right. So um, appreciate you guys listening. Make sure that you uh, subscribe, 
you five stars uh, on Apple Podcasts. Hit us up on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Um, we've been getting a lot of traction through those those platforms. Much appreciated. Um, if you guys ever have any topics that you want us to wrap on, um, let us know. We love uh, love the fan interaction. Um, we really appreciate you all, all you guys listening. And again, Sweat Daily. Love you guys. Thank you.